Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel. The Fredericksburg Regional Continuum of Care, our focus this morning, and the George Washington Commission. Samantha Shukas and uh, Megan Samples here this morning from the uh, the Continuum of Care and the George Washington Regional Commission. Good morning to both of you. Good to have you here this morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Glad to be here. We um this this time of year you start thinking about it. We had some just some super super cold days last week, and it's 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 that time of year. And I know that this gets to be where the the the, the region searches for answers and tries to tries to on, on the really cold nights to to help people out and, and and again this year there's a there's a cold weather shelter yeah so it's definitely cold again and we have the cold weather shelter up and running um so anyone who's in need of shelter and can't get into one of our year-round shelters we do have a seasonal shelter that opens that's still operating over on king's highway um so Folks who need assistance go to the dinners at uh, the different churches and can catch the bus to to cold weather shelter. They are seeing double numbers this year with cold weather shelter already. Mm. Um, so they are anticipating actually a second location to help make some space um, starting in January. And so once we have more details about that, we'll give more information there. Um, but also a time where we're seeing more interaction and therefore a good time to do surveys for the point in time count. And we're going to talk about that point in time count because that will be in uh, in, in January. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it right now. The uh, what's January twenty fourth. 24th and 25th. Okay. Um, so majority of our surveys happen on the 25th, asking people where they slept on the 24th. This is a uh, you do one in the summer, you do one in the in, in the winter. For for a long time, it's been just the win the, the the winter one was the one we, uh, we 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 always focused on. But it really does give you an idea of what's happening in, the, in on, kind of a snapshot especially the winter one yeah so i'll talk a little bit about what it is and then megan can talk a little bit about what we're looking for but um uh we've been doing this for now i think we're on our 15th year um doing winter point in time counts um so we actually have a group of volunteers who go out and survey um all people experiencing homelessness so anyone who's camping outside sleeping in their car some other place not meant for habitation we also survey every single person who's in our shelters um and then we also take stock of how many people we're helping to serve in our housing programs um but really the survey helps us really understand our population and asks anything from basic demographic questions to their history of homelessness and history of other intersecting issues like foster care use, um, substance use, mm-hmm. uh, mental health, uh, health care, all of those kinds of things so that we know what kind of support systems folks need and what we can do to help move them on to, out of homelessness. Um, so it happens every year. We rely heavily on volunteers. The only way for this to happen is to have volunteers. Uh, we provide incentives for those who take the survey. We have backpacks full of hygiene items that we send out um, with our volunteers to give to folks who take um, our survey. And then we use that information for a couple of different things things locally 
to actually plan our system Mm -hmm. statewide to actually show what our numbers look like and justify our funding requests. And then nationally, they actually use those numbers um, at Congress to make determinations on how much money the federal government will give towards homelessness as a country. Um, So they're really important numbers on all kind of levels of of organizations. So I'm going to let Megan talk a little bit about uh, what we're looking for and what we're planning so this is really important, is what you're, is what you're saying. Very it's important. Essentially, very, yeah. very important. So if I want to volunteer, Megan, what's what, what what kind of things are you looking for? Yes, yeah, so we have a number of teams that are lined up for uh, the evening of the 24th, and most of them, as Sam said, on the 25th. Um, so if you go to our website, you can sign up there. We're also going to be looking for donations to fill the bags that we're handing out to those who choose to participate. Um, so there's there'll be a list of you mm-hmm. know the types of items that we're looking for: hygiene items. Um, Uh, small like food kind of snack things, granola bars, things like that. Um, So as Sam said, we really rely heavily on volunteers for this to to move forward and to be efficient. And we try to survey as many people as we can. Um, So we're looking to have a really robust team. And you're not going out by yourself. You're you you're 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 in a you're in a group. And if if this is something, they're they're always you 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 have people that that are involved in that have done this before and can can coach you along. Yes, absolutely. We do do a series of trainings too prior to the point in time count. Um, so on the sign up form that's on the website, it mm-hmm. also has. Um, a sign-up time for the training that we provide. So like you said, everybody will, you know, you'll be uh, in pairs or groups. Um, Everybody will be trained prior to going out. Um, So we make sure that everybody's armed with the right, like, skill set and information, uh, as well as the survey itself, go through any details or questions that people have, come up with some ways to ask folks the questions if they, you know, feel, you know, it can be, sometimes feel like an uncomfortable interaction when you're asking people very personal questions. So we talked to, you know, some tactics mm-hmm. that make that process a little bit easier for people. The, is, the website is, is it Fredericksburg Regional Continuum of Care? FredericksburgCOC.org. Okay. I you were making right. it way too complicated. Way <laughs> too complicated. As I was writing it, I thought I shouldn't even, and I knew better. I knew better, and I should have just said. So it's FredericksburgCOC.org. Yes, and we have some drop-down menus under the tab for our work. You'll see a section for the point-in-time count that has all the details and the sign-up form for volunteers. We're going to talk more about the point-in-time count when we come back. Uh, Megan Samples and uh, Samantha Shukas here this morning from the, the Continuum of Care. FredericksburgCOC.org. Sign up. Help out. Uh, this is uh, a really an important uh, time and a really important survey. More coming up by News Talk 1230 WFVA. Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. Samantha Shukas and Megan Samples here this morning from the uh, the Fredericksburg Regional Continuum of Care. If you want to volunteer for the uh, point in time count in January on the, the uh, 24th and the 25th, is that the, uh, those are the... Those, those are the two dates. Uh, FredericksburgCOC.org is uh, the, the website. And I know over the years, these these numbers, I mean, you really are able to track. You It was so interesting when we were, Sam, when we were doing this during during COVID, when 
when you did have have funds and could could house people, boy, the numbers just you really saw them. And then as some of that kind of went away, you could see it in the in, in the count. So it really is a is a, is a powerful tool for you you to be able to use to to know what's going on. Yeah, I think January of twenty two, right in the middle of the pandemic, we saw the lowest numbers we ever had. Uh, we were below uh, 200 for the first time and uh, only found 14 people outside, which is the lowest we've ever had uh, recorded. And then coming out of that, we saw the rise again, especially after funds started to be depleted Mm -hmm. and folks were still having financial hardship coming out of it. Uh, We saw the highest numbers we ever saw. Um, and we were at 250. Um, And we had, I think, 38 outside, which is very close to what we were pre-pandemic. Um, and so I think this year we're really excited to see what numbers look like to, as things start to level out. We've gone through a year without COVID funds. Um, we're starting to see what that looks like. Um, and I think our, our shelter options have changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. And and I think even in January when we have that second location for a cold weather shelter mm-hmm. open, I'm, I'm interested to see what that really means. Um, I think in when, you know, when we had the lowest unsheltered numbers, we had hotels shelter at that point. So we were housing a ton of people in hotels. Um, and so I think just giving folks another option for cold weather shelter, I'm hoping will mean lower unsheltered numbers again. Um, we, You had mentioned we do the summer point in time count and we do compare what it means mm-hmm. when we have lots of services open versus no services open, especially for, for weather. Um, and so, you know, we're, we saw 60 people outside during the summer. And so we really track the ebb and flow of what unsheltered in particular looks like, what shelter utilization rates look like. We could have, let's say, 200 shelter beds, but if we're only using 100 of them, what does that mean for our community? Um, so we use those numbers really about where people are. We use those numbers to even talk to our localities. Uh, we have lots of folks who don't see homelessness in our rural counties and don't see them in Stafford and Spotsylvania, really just see them when they come downtown, mostly because that's where our services are centrally located. Mm-hmm. And so we actually ask about where people came from, what their last uh, zip code was for their address to really help tie them to a locality so that we can see the migration for our region and where people come from. So it helps us have a conversation about how do our localities care for their residents who found themselves homeless and then had to migrate to another area. Um, so So it's a big point for us, right? Like we use those numbers on an almost weekly basis, if not daily, right? So Hmm. we're we're using those all the time to really justify uh, our work and and figure out what our next steps are. And to be able to do it, um, Megan, efficiently and effectively, you do need volunteers. So if, 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 if you're a person who is looking for 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 some way to get involved in the community this is a great way and it's just it's just a couple of nights absolutely yeah and you know like we were kind of touching on earlier we really make sure people are equipped with what they need to go out there and do that in a way that's you know effective and um it also i think you know really engages community members with what's going on in the continuum of care and really i think provides some insight into how some of those processes work um, because we really are, you know, trying to connect with all the folks that we can um, and as many community members that we have as, you know, advocates with us in that is really critical for us. Well, when you two started the show and we were talking about the cold weather shelter and just the, the, the fact that the numbers are so high, 
and you you hear things from the food bank and you you hear about food pantries in the area that are just you know the people are lining up earlier and earlier there there are some serious they're really and you you look at inflation and there just really are a lot of reasons to be concerned about a lot of this yeah and i think what we're really lucky is to have really wonderful partners to do all of this work the cold weather shelter doesn't run because of the coc it runs because of micah ministries right um and all of their volunteers that they rely on to run that every night um, they're currently operating on a hypothermia basis, meaning if it's cold enough, they'll open. If it's not, they won't. And Megan and I were just talking about how hard it is to organize volunteers for, I know for sure it is happening this day, let alone right. could or couldn't every day. Um, so kudos to them to being able to do that hard work of organizing volunteers and making that happen and having a safe space for people in our community. Yeah, and it's a really great way for community members to see that firsthand, you know, and really have like a tangible understanding right. of what our service providers are giving to community members. Um, so we really encourage people to come out. You know, it doesn't matter um, kind of what what background you're coming from. We welcome students, you know, adults, mm. all yeah. different kinds of people, and and we'll make sure you're you know, have everything you need to go out there and do it well. It really, you're right, Megan, would give you a, a, a good look at something that's going on in the community that we don't often readily see. And it's if, if you don't recognize it, and in this case, you really are seeing things that, that you, you would not normally ever see. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's a really, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a a tangible way to come and connect with those services and to see the people who are really benefiting from all that work, all those volunteer hours, right, that our service providers put in, both staff and volunteer. Um, and it's a, just a great way to, to be able to connect with that. And I think, you know, Megan talks about connecting and engaging with services, but also connecting and engaging with folks who are experiencing homelessness in a controlled way, right? I think we've talked about before, Ted, is how much we don't know what to say to folks as they're sitting on the street or mm -hmm. we see someone experiencing a hardship. Um, and so this is a really easy way to have a purpose to talk to them, to get to know them and to hear their story a little bit. Um, and so I think we do that in a way that's gradually um, uncomfortable, which I think is fine, right? So mm -hmm. I would encourage folks to even do something that they aren't comfortable with. Um, and we have lots of options to figure out what, what level that is for you, whether that's at a service site like the cold weather shelter or the day center um, and seeing what those look like, or if it's actually getting up at six o'clock and going into the woods looking for encampments with folks. So um, yeah. it definitely, I think even the encampment one gives you a different side of our city and what you see. It's one thing to see someone sitting on a bench and, and think that they're homeless. It's another thing to see their tent in the woods. Um, and so I know Matt Kelly's been really wonderful about sharing that side of things, oh, especially with the point in time count. Such an eye opener. Yeah. So um, it, it's really shocking, I think, for some folks when they go and they come back and they're like, my neighborhood was right next to it. And I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not to not to make any any kind of judgment on folks, but it's to understand and from that understanding have growth as a community to help and provide assistance. Right, because like you say, there are, there are so many there are so many groups that are out there doing things now, and they they all need assistance. Whether it's volunteers, whether it's whether it's donations, and to, to actually see that does really you do realize that there's a whole world out there that, that, that none of us really understand yeah. or see. 
I absolutely, and I, I so I, before joining on the staff side, I was on the board for the continuum of care, and I participated as a volunteer in the point in time count. And I think it really informed the way that I engaged right with the information that um, the point in time count really reveals about our community, and it was a real powerful experience for me. So was I, it shocking to you? I mean, you saw it up close. I've never seen it up close, real. I've just seen Matt's pictures. Yeah, well, I think it. You know, anything that uh, it it if you're looking at things as just numbers or just statistics, you know, there's a human element there that yeah. isn't always present, right, in those, what when you're just looking at data. Um, but the point in time count, I think, really reveals the people behind that data, right, what their lives are like, mm-hmm. the things that they've experienced, what led them to where they are. And I think anything that allows community members to engage with that side of it is just so, it's just a really powerful experience. About the times, um, Sam, you've you've brought in Christian, who's who's uh, on on the the continuum of care board, but someone who's formerly homeless. He always brings just a really interesting perspective because he's lived it. Absolutely, and I think for a long time, um, homeless services had thought that they knew best, and very rarely brought in voices of people with past lived experience. Um, and so, it has definitely become an embedded part of homeless service planning now. I don't think we could do the work that we do on a level that we do without those voices. And so Christian um, is probably our most visible person, um, but we use lots of different mm-hmm. elements to get people with lived experiences, voices into our process, P- point in time count being probably our biggest one. Um, but how do we how do we throughout the year on multiple occasions really include those voices? And I think Christian in particular is a wonderful example of not only someone who experienced homelessness for a long time but came out of it, is now a business owner. Right. And now I don't know that you know this, Ted, works for Micah Ministries. And so uh, I didn't know that. So he now is giving back in other ways. And 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 so I think it's it's really a full circle for Christian in particular. And, and we'd love um, for po- folks who are currently or or have before experienced homelessness to continue to have those voices heard, too. Um, and we have lots of ways to be able to do that point in time count be one. You mentioned um, a few minutes ago about how when you get when people do the survey, you'll give them a backpack and that's are you st- in the past you've collected items. Are you still collecting items? Yes, yeah, we will be collecting items. Um, so we'll be putting all the information of how to get us the items okay. and all of that on the website in the next day or two. Um, so definitely keep a lookout for that. But we'll have some specific items that we're looking for. We do have a lot of bags already. Um, so we don't have as much of a need for the bags themselves. Okay. But we will be looking for donations to fill them. Well, and that, that is another way that you're you're able to to reward them for, for giving you information and, and also helping you know, just just providing just just needed things, and again, another way that the community can get involved by by, by making those donations. So when when all that becomes available, check out the uh, check out the. I know you've always you've in the past have put that on Facebook, and it's uh, it's on the on the website, and get in. That's another way to get involved, and it, that and then also helping a lot of these organizations that are 
are out there, the, 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 the MICAs and the others that are, that are out there really doing things in, yeah. in the community with the homeless. In the past, we've done bus tickets as an incentive. And again, kudos to Fred for continuing right. to make the bus free. Yeah. But you did make it very hard for me to find another incentive. Um, <laughs> so we've been doing the hygiene backpacks. I think we're on our third year okay. this year. Uh, we partnered with um, McLean Distribution. I knew they in the uh, past about two done years some. ago, yeah. and they gave us overflow from their warehouse, and that's when it really started. They were the one who gave us a new incentive. So thank you to McLean. Um, and then it has been really well received. And I think every year there's more items. It's like if you could make sure, you know, socks in particular hmm. are th- something that you don't think about. Yeah. They think about hotel size shampoo. They have plenty of hotel size shampoo. They need full size shampoo. Um, and then having socks, especially when it's cold, your feet yeah. get wet, and then um, you're more at risk of frostbite and things like that. So yeah. we, socks is a big thing. Um, so we'll definitely have that full list and how to get it to us. It is a great way, especially during the holiday, if your office or your school or your class or your group wants to do a drive. Like mm. we would love to be the sponsor of that drive. And Megan can. Um, help organize that for you guys um, we also love for people to come get involved if there's people who want to pack our bags like if maybe the survey's not for you uh, there's other ways throughout the um, process of the point in time count to volunteer so if you want to pack our bags if you want to print our surveys if you want to help organize those things like those are ways and easy ways for 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 groups to get involved I think I was in your office this summer we, we, before the summer point in time count and everything was all all there. I mean, it was impressive. It was really cool. The, all the, 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 the items that had been donated and had, had been packed and, and, and everything. So that, that really is a way that you can you can help out and give back. Yeah. And they're still way. there. Uh, the yeah. office makes fun of me that my office is the storage closet for the point in time count. <laughs> the backpacks have been packed by my office from the last point in time count we keep carrying over. The housing summit actually helped us out more than it can um, know. So GWRC had the housing summer in, in October. Um, Virginia Housing was a huge sponsor of that, and they gave a ton of tote bags as part of the hmm. registration. Um, so we have about 75 bags left over. We are taking those for the point in time count. So thank you, Virginia Housing, for not knowing that you're supporting the point in time count. Um, but having the items to fill those bags now. Um, and I think even um, backpacks, especially for people who are living outside, I think of like waterproof um, hiking backpacks. Though, and you can find mm-hmm. them relatively cheap on, on Amazon. Um, those are what's really um, great. But I think even the tote bags are really important, especially as the city has gone with the bag fee. Yeah. And you have to have a u- reusable bags. Those are something that you can take shopping with you. Fredericksburgcoc.org for uh, for all the information about uh, the appointing time count and how you can volunteer and get involved. Samantha Shukas and making samples here this morning from the Continuum of Care and the George Washington Regional Commission. More on News Talk 1230 WFVA. It is now 831. From the Fredericksburg Dot Today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFVA Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station focused on Fredericksburg. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel.
we are talking uh, George Washington Regional Commission and the uh, the continuum of care. Uh, Megan Samples and Samantha Shuk is here this morning. It's only been, now that I think of it, uh, what, about a month, six weeks since you had your housing summit. There are, we did the show, I guess, before the summit talking about it, and it has been a, I hear lots of people in, in, in conversations, you see local governments, everything comes around to that. I mean, that, that was a really a significant event, I think, just up far easier for either for information or opening people's eyes, because I, I hear people talking about it, which must make you guys feel really good. We did something that people paid attention to, and it, 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 you know, we got something out of it. Yeah, so we are actually coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Regional Housing Assembly meeting. Um, so that group is a group of stakeholders in the community, anything from developers, nonprofits, local jurisdiction, elected officials, um, interested folks, uh, talking about what's the region's plan for addressing affordable housing and our housing prices and, and the struggle that many people in our community face to mm-hmm. afford to live here and work here and play here and do all the things that they love about our region um, and so one of the first things that that group really decided to do was that housing summit um, so it was October 17th we're coming up on two months since the housing two months summit. okay well, I think with the holidays it doesn't feel that long right. but uh, yes two months um, and we when we had talked to you, we had sold out that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we had sold out, I think overall about 175 people ended up actually coming. Um, we had a lot, really good representation, um, a lot of different diverse voices, a lot of people that I didn't even know. Um, and again, this is a different hat than continuum of care, right? Like this is my affordable housing hat as part of GWRC and George Washington Regional Commission. You have a lot um, of hats. Yes, I do. It's a very tall head. Um, and so uh, so for me to have a room full of people that I didn't even know was really big for us. Um, I think that's what we were probably most excited about is have new voices, new faces in the room talking about an issue. Um, and I think, you know, we have for a long time um, over the year or talked about how do I make sure when we talk about affordable housing that it doesn't also get focused on homeless services. I've done that side for so long that many times when they see me in the housing side, right. they're saying, oh, it's just another homeless initiative. But what we're really talking about is a whole broad spectrum of housing, anything from homeless um, housing, so those with the lowest of incomes and probably the most vulnerable, to fair market housing. And if we are able to build stock that is sufficient for each of those populations, like what does that mean for our community? Um, So it was a good conversation at the housing summit. Uh, We had nine breakout sessions uh, focusing on anything from workforce housing, economic development's connection to housing, healthcare and housing, developer panel that came and talked about the challenges of even building develop and developing um, housing we had uh, senior and disabled housing we had military housing we had all of these experts really in the room talking about uh, where do we go forward we had Abigail Spamberger do our opening we were 
back and forth about whether or not she would be able to come. I had a little bit of a panic attack like two days before because uh, they were doing the voting for a speaker. Yeah. Um, and so she came, did our opening, and then ran to vote. Uh, so the fact that she even made time out of her day to like come see us was a huge thing for us and was really important for a lot of our community. Uh, Brian Koziel from Virginia Housing Alliance came and talked about that continuum of housing and how you build that for your community. Uh, housing Forward Virginia, which helped us do our affordable housing study and action plan back in 2020, actually came and spoke during our lunch uh, about what that means and how you actually go forward with implementing it. And I think the most important thing about our day is we had a brainstorming session um, at the end of the day about so we've presented you with a lot of information. What does that mean for our region? And how do we take this going forward? Very similar to what we did for the Unsheltered Homeless Summit a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. which is we want this to be a day of education and networking and collaboration, but we also want this to have action behind it. Um, so we heard from folks about what they felt like would be the next regional step, where priorities would be, especially from jurisdictions. And now that goes back to our regional housing assembly. So they meet every month. They're looking at the feedback from that brainstorming session and what we learned and we're picking um, priorities for the region and then helping to implement that on a regional level and on a local level. So Megan and I and our Vista Beck were actually talking about this uh, yesterday and I think we've settled on uh, we have two priorities around housing preservation so how do we actually keep the housing that we have and keep the affordability um, and the need for rehab as that housing deteriorates. Hmm. So that's where our, our region will probably focus. And then the second one is the building of new units. So how do we make that easier uh, through zoning and um, what's allowable conversations and making some some compromises between our planning and our developers about what is actually needed. Um, and then also, is there room in our community to have some kind of development and affordability entity, either a housing consortium or a housing trust fund or a housing authority or a whatever you want to call it, <laughs> community land trust. Like we, there's lots of words that keep floating around, but I think um, there's an opportunity for us to really gather as a region around one entity to help make developments happening so a lot of push a lot of education and we'll continue that education um we are already planning for what's the next summit for next year we plan on doing this every year um, so okay. it'll be an annual event um so that education is always continuous but um also thinking through like how what do we do with that information Interesting, because um, we, when you first started talking about this and, and, and talked about just some of the challenges, I mean, it, there are so many challenges in this area right now. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to live here, uh, and even, if, even if you have a good situation. And so that's that last component when you talked about, about, you know, talking to localities about, you know, making some zoning allowances or just just the the, the building of, of things that, that I guess that ultimately is, is, is where this is going to this, this is going to lie. Yeah. And I think this conversation is coming up more and more in multiple different arenas mm -hmm. as we talk about data centers and Amazon coming to our area, like where do we house those folks? Our schools are, are talking about how do we pay our teachers higher so that they can live in our area. We talk about a VA 
hospital coming? How do we house those nurses and those doctors? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talk about growth in our community. We have the high fastest growing planning district in the in the state, and so how do we continue to support that growth? Um, and I and I think you know growth has been seen as a, as a negative term. I think um, it's just about how how you view it and what strategies you go forward to deal with it. But the growth is coming either way. Um, and so you know, Megan and I have had a lot of community conversations from uh, supporting the Stafford's Workforce and Affordable Housing Committee that just got created from an ad hoc committee. Mm-hmm. Um, we attended the Governor's Housing Conference last month. Uh, we just did uh, a podcast with the New Dominion podcast with Marty Davis, right? Like it continues to be conversation yeah. and and bipartisan conversation, which I think is a big part of it, yeah. right? Um, that everyone can kind of get behind some some solution for, for housing, no matter what party you kind of sit on. And so I think GWRC in particular, um, you know, as a bipartisan, no partisan, whatever you want to call it, um, agency and being that facilitator can really bring unique voices together who don't usually talk about issues like that. Well, and it is interesting that a a few years ago, there really were just a few groups talking about this and it really was a city thing. And you see more, you see more discussion of this, whether it's in, whether it's in Stafford now, or or you you see, you see various uh, agencies getting, getting more and more involved. So it it really isn't just, it really, I mean, I, 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 cause I think just a few years ago, Sam, how we would, we would talk and we would, we would, we would talk about, about subjects and it really would be the continuum of care and MICA. And that has sort of, there's, there, there, there are, there are more, like you say, there are more voices coming out and in, in, in talking about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we really, um, the Regional Housing Assembly has really helped to foster, right? Having engagement from all different industries, all different groups of people. We really want it to be a regional approach because ultimately, you know, as you said, just in this area in general and really nationwide, people are really seeing the difficulties of uh, you know, decreased amounts of housing, mm-hmm. increased cost of housing, inflation, the economy, you know, and so from everything, like Sam was saying, that continuum from homeless services to, you know, efforts on the affordable housing side, we're seeing increased need in all of these areas. So really what that translates to is we need more, you know, uh, collaborative approaches, conversations that are going to, you know, also to Sam's point that, you know, it's not a political issue. It's it's a human issue and we can all really get behind that. And I think Megan's showing how long she's really been involved. Megan, you know, we talked about Megan's involvement with the board before she came staff. Yeah. Megan was actually a part of the Regional Housing Assembly from a Main Street perspective and her support with the Main Street Board. So I think even thinking about small businesses and how they support workforce in our area, Megan's been a part of that conversation. So we're so excited to have Megan kind of come on staff and bring yeah. all of that knowledge and all of her all of her experience to the conversation too. Yeah, no, because it, it is you. You think about you, you think about small businesses and, and and getting workers, but getting workers, it's it's the same as we we see with uh, with first responders or teachers and all you to get people, but then having them be able to live here and not have to live on the northern neck because that's the only place they can afford housing or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really just critical, I think, to any community. You yeah. really want the people who work there to also be able to live there and to enjoy all of the things that 
that community has to offer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and more and more we are seeing the increased difficulty for folks to do that. And that's, you know, not a city thing. That is a regional, that's a regional thing, you know, as prices continue to increase and uh, small business, you know, we've seen an increase with inflation of, you know, production costs of, you know, just getting access to things uh, that a small business needs to operate. And that has an impact on their employees, too. You know, so it's it's a really, really critical issue, you know, for, for all communities to be at the table for that. I have noticed on your Facebook page, and I may say this and you might say, and you would say if I if, would say, no, that's not why we're doing it at all. So, but I think I've noticed that on, on Facebook, you really have made an, an attempt in recent months to really highlight a lot of a lot of the different organizations that, that are involved and i think that is just to, just because and, and i have learned about some some different people or or organizations and just to say you know th- these are people involved in the in, in the effort here and if you want to get involved or find out more here's who they are yeah, we have. So I think we started with Lois Ann's Hope House, mm-hmm. um, and then we did Empower House, Fajas. This month was Micah. I don't even know who December's is at this point. But I think in particular, when we hear Continuum of Care, uh, sometimes folks think we are the ones who do all of this work. I will be the first one to say I do very little <laughs> in this community other than bringing people together who do amazing work. And so I wanted to make sure that it was really clear that the continuum of care is only as good as its providers. Yeah. And I think we are a really strong continuum of care. I think you will hear that across the state and the country that we are one of the stronger continuum of cares, but we are only that because we have really strong partners. And so we wanted to make sure that everyone knew who those partners were, what their impact in the community is. So uh, we're going to continue to showcase uh, a provider each month on the Continuum of Care Facebook page and website. The affordable housing conversation is actually housed under the George Washington Regional Commission, um, who has only had a Facebook page for the last year. So um, Really? I don't even know if I knew that you had a Facebook we page. We do. We have, I think, a Facebook, a LinkedIn, a Twitter, and an Instagram. So we have someone in our office who's doing all of that. She's very good. Sarah Aldaker does a huge amount of that work and hosts all of our individual projects that aren't as big as the Continuum of Care to have their own pages. Yeah. Um, So they're super active, posting multiple times a week and like sharing information about regional efforts that I don't think anybody knows about. Um, And so how do we make it easy to understand information, Mm -hmm. right? Like when I talk about affordable housing, I can go into all the things around tax credits and trust and real estate property and all of these other things that most people don't understand and I don't even understand all of the time but how do we make it consumable by people in the community to get involved and have their voices heard and really be a part of the solution is really what Sarah is trying to do with a lot of the of the posts and things that she puts together for GWRC. Yeah, and like you were saying, just to be able to learn about the the various elements and the people mm-hmm. that are involved in that is yeah. a big through line of, you know, really our communication efforts and to connect. It's, you know, it's very similar to engaging with the point in time count. You really get to see all the things that are happening in the community. I'm going to check that out. I, I've been, I, I'm sure I have, I, I never, I, I, I checked the, uh, the, the continuum of care 
Facebook page all the time, but they, I've never thought about the George Washington Regional Commission. You'll be a favorite of mine. Yeah, and I don't think most people even know that the George Washington Regional Commission exists. We usually have yeah. people come to our office thinking we're the train station because we're right across the mm-hmm. street. And with the train station being unmanned, they're like, oh, this has got to be it. So we help a lot of people figure out how to get around town. But um, we also have really wonderful people in our office oh, and do. do a ton of things. Yes, so Sarah's actually even been working on highlighting each of our staff about what they do, how long they've been there, and a fun fact. We were just laughing the other day, looking back at Ian Ginger, uh, who does our economic development. His fun fact is he can identify celebrity doppelgangers in public. So if you see really? Ian, you can talk to him about who he can who he can identify on the street. <laughs> wow, okay. Samantha Shukas and Megan Samples here this morning. George Washington Regional Commission and the uh, Fredericksburg Regional Continuum of Care. Our focus when we come back, we'll wrap it up and talk again about the uh, point in time count and how you can get involved in that later in January. We'll do that when we come back on News Talk 1230 WFVA. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Download the all-new News Talk 1230 WFVA app for Apple and Android. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. Megan Samples and uh, Sam Shukas from the George Washington Regional Commission here this morning. Before we get out of here, the uh, point in time count, Megan, is in January, and you need volunteers. Yes, yes, we do. January 24th and 25th. Uh, you can sign up on our website, as we were talking about earlier, fredericksburgcoc.org, um, or you can reach out to any of us directly. Our emails you know, are listed all over everywhere on the website and the newsletter. <laughs> also, if you're interested in keeping up with the COC, reach out to me, and I will add you to the... A newsletter you know mailing list too so you can stay involved and updated throughout the year it's an eye-opener and uh, like like we, uh, as, as we talked about it will be the the kind of thing that probably will put you in a situation where you might be uncomfortable but you're you're not alone and you you do give people a lot of training yes absolutely yep we're here to help you through that process fredericksburgcoc.org and if you want to if you want to donate uh, hygiene items things like that to uh to to backpacks that you'll be be giving out that's always something you can do Yep, exactly. And that will be on our website later today. The volunteer stuff is already up there, um, but the donations, what we're looking for, we'll also be posting all of that to our social medias as well. And the more people you have, the more area you're able to cover. And so it's, it is good to have. There's never too many. Yes. And you'll, you'll be able to get the, 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 the count itself. It's so important for, for, for so many reasons, but it gives you a great snapshot of what's happening in the region. Yes, exactly. We will take all the volunteers everywhere. We can never have too many. And really, the more people we have, the more capacity we have to go farther out. Well, I will know that I'm sure that January 24th and 25th will be some of the coldest nights. Because whenever you do a point in time count, it's either blistering hot or it's just so cold. Mm-hmm. And Sam, we have you to thank for that. When yep. you pick these dates, that's what ha- that happens every single year. We're preparing our volunteers to be able to do anything in any climate. So you can also thank the COC for that. Well, thank you for all for, for all that you do. I was going to say to you that uh, the the um, the housing summit that that, that you did. Uh, we we hear on this show anyway. 
the the Alice report gets quoted by so many people and is used by by so many people and that really this this housing summit I think impacted a lot of people a lot of people got to see see the area and and I think see some some options that they had never seen before so yeah and if you didn't get done. to attend it's all of the videos of all of our speakers are posted on the website so you can watch it there yep and we'll be doing more next year mm-hmm. yeah more more to come again fredericksburgcoc.org if the, that is all the information for signing up for the point in time count and again uh you're just needed you're just needed if you can if you can get involved with that please do fredericksburgcoc.org megan samples and samantha shukas thank you have a great holiday, and uh, we will talk soon, I'm sure. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. That's it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the host and guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg.